Welcome to EdTech Speaks, a podcast bringing guests together to share their expertise and advice on navigating business and education in a technology-driven world. From entrepreneurs to vendors, higher education to corporate leaders, we'll uncover their perspective regarding the latest trends and technologies impacting your career or business. Our podcast is made possible by Downing EdTech Consulting, where people and technology connect. Hosted by Cher Downing, an experienced executive spanning a higher education and corporate career with specific focus on the EdTech industry, Dr. Downing is also an international and national presenter, author, and regular media contributor. Now here is your host, EdTech strategist, Dr. Cher Downing. Hi, everyone, and welcome to EdTech Speaks, a podcast where we bring guests to share their expertise and advice on navigating business and education in a technology-driven world. Our goal is to provide you with the options for products, services, and knowledge that can help benefit you or your business. I'm Cher Downing, your host, and I want to introduce today's guest, Zanya Muters. Welcome, Zanya. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So Zania is with Pink Orange Media, love the name, uh, and we're going to start off by having you explain what Pink Orange is. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, thank you for, for that compliment. I'm glad. It was a very random choice of name, I have to admit, so <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> it becomes a more established brand now. Um, but yeah, we we are a performance marketing agency dedicated to the education sector, basically. Um, and so what that means is we we work with higher education institutions, but also further education providers, sometimes bootcamp, coding bootcamp providers or tech companies. Um, so anything education related, really. Um, and pretty much with companies all over the globe, which is very exciting. Um, and yeah, as I said, like we're a performance marketing agency. So um, that's that's kind of the angle we have. Um, and we focus mainly on student recruitment numbers. So, so filling cohorts and filling courses with the right people um, for our clients. Well, and... So for our listeners, um, as all of you know, whether you're working with ed tech startups and and getting involved in higher ed or in K through 12, or if you're in higher ed, uh, the name of the game is always people sitting in seats. Um, Has been for years, continues to be now, and is much harder now because everyone can get really uh, pulled off to the side by lots of different um, just uh, distractions and interests and uh, finding things that they need to do and figuring out where they want to go. So it's very hard for educational institutions to find that right market and to get in front of the right people. So talk to us a little bit about how you do that. Yes, absolutely. And you're totally right. Um, I think, you know, with everything uh, or the digital world evolving and people being distracted by tons of adverts and, and you know, the decision making process being so long as well when it comes to education. Um, that's one of the issues that most of our clients face when they initially come to us. Um, I want to believe that the way that we specialize in education obviously helped us really understand that decision making process and what that conversion funnel looks like. And it's very, very different to you know retail and e-commerce and 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 all of that stuff um uh, you know th- that decision making process can take 18 months and longer um depending on the degree that that a university or school is selling um and we find that often it comes down to schools really struggling with understanding first of all their student personas 
but then also understanding their recruitment markets, especially when we're trying to go global and we're trying to diversify our student body. Um, and then translating those insights and those findings into really high performing performing uh, marketing campaigns. Um, and so that's what we really focus on. We, we help our clients understand those things. We help them do the research and we help them create those yeah, high performing, high converting campaigns um, and, and paid advertising campaigns across those different channels. So talk to us a little bit about this. And, and I have a I have a really uh, vested interest in this because uh, many, many, many years ago, when my career first started, I was in admissions. So yeah. this, is, this is my bailiwick of, of understanding. To this day, I still am all about the, you know, recruitment yeah. process and funnel. Um, but let's talk a little bit about personas. What are you seeing in students uh, currently and, and what's really attracting them? Um, I think it very much depends on the generation that you're recruiting, to be fair. Um, Gen Z is very, very different to um, the millennials. Um, and and so there's very different kind of like pain points that they come with. Um, and I think that is actually often the problem. Um, in marketing te- te- teams, you often have people that don't fit into that um, generational bracket. And so they create campaigns that they think would work, be based on their experience, based on what they care about or based on what they think those students care about um and that again then often often creates that problem um i think again like it's really important to go really into those pain points of those students like what why are they considering a degree how what is the return on investment for them in in this day and age right like it's very different to maybe 20 or 30 years ago and what do they care about and how can i translate that into into marketing messaging that really resonates um i think when it comes to education at the end of the day what you want to do is create some sort of emotional connection with them you want them to feel safe you want them to feel like you're the right place for them it's one of the biggest decisions that those kids will ever make in their life it really sets them up for their future um and making sure that you talk to them in the right tone but also yeah as as i said like make them feel safe and make, make them feel like they're in the right place is incredibly important and i think um you know what's interesting is we've become a society of of taking recommendations from other people um we may not even know them but because they post something we we start to rely on them we start to hear what thing you know what what their uh, opinions are of things and so that becomes also um a, a difficult situation for schools to go up against because they may think they have the best uh you know career services for example and you may see people posting saying, oh, no, this this place doesn't help you at all, or I didn't have a good experience. And students take that to heart, prospective students. Um, so, you know, I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's getting that understanding, um, but also watching, you know, what's out there, what's already existing yeah. in, in your institutional footprint. Um, what are the, some of the things that you do helping with that? Uh, first of all, I couldn't agree more. Like that's a massive problem. I want to say it's just it, it kind of like taking what you have or taking what you've done in the past and just replicating it over and over again and kind of like <laughs> relying on like that working. And you know, as I said before, like a lot of our work goes into like international student recruitment. Lots of our clients come to us with the same problem in the beginning, saying we really want to diversify our student body, but we just don't know where to start. And um, breaking into new markets is hard, especially if you don't have a presence there. 
um and you have to build that initial kind of like brand awareness um but yeah then what we often find is oh you know we've done this campaign in the uk and we just don't understand why it doesn't work in nigeria you're like well <laughs> there's loads of reasons um but you know you really have to be mindful of those cultural nuances and and making sure that you understand them Besides that, when it comes to higher ed specifically, and maybe, you know, the undergraduate degrees, parents are the secondary decision makers. So they are heavily involved in that process. And again, like parents of a Nigerian undergraduate student will have very different reasons and concerns um, as to maybe parents of an Indian student. Um, and so to really understand that and build your marketing messaging around that is is kind of like one of our key areas um, um, that we work in. And I think, um, you know, when you talk about parents, um, there's also a concern. Students nowadays have the whole world to look at. Uh, 30 years ago, it was much more difficult to go overseas and go to school or to spend the money to, you know, move across uh, the ocean and, and do something different. But today's uh, parents are uh, much more mobile than parents used to be and therefore the opportunities for students are much more um so talk to us a little bit about you know when you're working with those global audiences are there trends that you're seeing right now uh because of this change in our mobility and our interest in in sometimes just getting as far away as possible maybe from our parents <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely i think one really crucial part to keep in mind as well is like we have globally seen a growing middle class and so with that comes you know more confidence in or financial confidence in sending your kids abroad and get the best education they possibly could and so they're all of a sudden a lot of new markets that you we can recruit from that we in the past maybe couldn't recruit from um, and that opens up a whole world of opportunities but with that come come a lot of problems obviously um, and then I think, yeah, despite besides that, um, it's obviously, you know, students have those they have so many opportunities right in front of them and they just need to they need to make a decision and making that decision can be incredibly hard. Um, so, again, for you to stand out with the, your right with the right messaging and with the right obviously targeting and, and also creatives, but overall kind of like funnel that you create is so, so, so important. You don't want to. And I said that before in education. Um, it's the conversion or the, the the sales funnel, if you want. So it's so much longer than than with any other product. It's such a different product than anything else. And so we we are not about creating one touch point and then just fingers crossed, hoping for the best they choose us. But instead, we want to make sure that we almost hold their hand in throughout that decision making process. And we want to be there and want to make them feel feel like they're making the right decision. And so it's when it comes to marketing higher education or education in general really it's about creating multiple touch points and and making them align and therefore creating that really really good student recruitment experience and when you talk about a touch point uh give us some examples of what those might be yeah absolutely i mean it comes down to we, you know when we talk about marketing campaigns we talk about top of funnel middle funnel bottom of funnel or general marketing campaigns do um, and I think in the past, or at least the experience I have um, working also in-house for, for an international business school, there was a heavy um, focus on bottom of funnel, like let's get them in, like let's get them to convert, let's get them to sign up. But with that comes rather poor lead quality because you get those people to initially download a brochure or start an application, but they're actually not quite sure. They don't know whether you're the right choice for them. And the top of funnel marketing has been so neglected over such a, such a long time. And we've definitely seen a shift of institutions globally making an effort to build more 
brand awareness and give more add more value first before they ask for anything in return and that really has has shown to to pay off um and so you know with top of funnel content that could be just blog articles that could be you know interviews with current students um that could be you know video interviews with faculty um or like like an like a video um campus tour so there's so many so many things that we can do to get people like hooked almost. And then it's the time to say, okay, how do you feel about downloading the brochure? How do you feel about signing up to an online webinar or like an online masterclass? How do you feel about talking to an, uh, to an enrollment advisor? Um, but again, like getting that balance right, I think is incredibly important. And there's definitely been a shift um, with a much, much bigger focus on that top of funnel brand awareness um, instead of just pushing really hard and spending a lot of money on, you know, bottom of funnel Google search campaigns um, that that only get you so far. I, I do remember every year using, you know, the glossy photos uh, in a in a view book and sending massive amounts of those out, just tens of thousands hoping yeah. you know to it's like fishing just yeah hoping someone I mean, will pick it <laughs> exactly yeah I, I mean we're lucky that you know obviously we now live in a world where we are so data centric and we have the we have the uh, ability to to kind of like record all of those different touch points and and collect their data and really understand what works and what doesn't and back then it was very different and I agree with you like you know I, I don't know how many of the schools that we work with really still use like printed brochures um, yeah. versus the online or like the digital versions. Um, but back then it was different. Like you, you know, you had an initial interest or you bought a list of like, you know, student leads <laughs> from US or top MBA or whatever, and then yeah. send out, send out a brochure and just hope that someone was interested. Um, and then obviously as yes, that's offline, you also can't really, you know, track and record that, that touch point um, either. So yeah, um, it, it is, it's interesting. <laughs> Well, and as you were talking through, um, I was thinking of uh, college football season has started here in the U.S., and I've been paying particular attention to the school ads uh, that they're running, you know, the promos in between uh, commercial time, because they used to be all about athletics. You know, they were all about, Mm -hmm. here's the school, you're watching our football game, here's our team and and what we do, and here's all of our other sports. Um, Now you're seeing these promos exactly as you're talking about here's our research here's our students out you know study abroad doing all of these things in in a you know 30 second spot i'm seeing all of the opportunities at an institution and i'm seeing student reactions yeah yeah it's great and i think that's such an like that that was for a long time such an untapped opportunity um to really you know focus on other other things that you're great at and and you know studying and like going to university is not just about you know that one thing it's it's about the connections you make it's about the people you meet it's about the network that you build it's about the friends that you make um and it's about faculty it's about your chances you know employability um for for, for employment afterwards and stuff like that so um all of those things are great you know selling points if you use them in the right way and you create marketing campaigns around that and I think the combination of all of them is what makes it really, really powerful, right? Like having different aspects and trying different things and 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 showing different um yeah, selling points. Um and, and the combination of that is what's really strong. So let's talk about uh I guess it would be the elephant in the admissions room, which is uh people taking a gap year. 
you know, once the pandemic hit and everybody stayed at home, uh, it really kind of kicked off students going, hmm, do I want to go back to school? And then for that matter, what do I really want to do? What do I really want to be? And so we've seen an increase in students taking a gap year. How are you dealing with uh, helping institutions work through that? You, yeah, you're totally right. It's been a big, big conversation um, across all of our, our clients. Um, but again, I think it comes down to like creating the right campaigns around that and the right communication around that. I think what we have to keep in mind, and as we as we touched on earlier, there's so many opportunities that these kids have. Um, and, and, you know, I think often or these days anyways, people question whether there is or the return of investment on that educational degree is really worth it. And, you know, whether, I mean, there's so much content out there, there's so much knowledge out there, you can pretty much learn anything you want yourself. Um, and then there's so many short courses and one year degrees and and what whatnot, and so many more employers also that don't really demand an, an, a university degree anymore, depending on that on the field that you want to work in. So it's it's um, something that is important to address, definitely. Um, I think what we've seen work really, really well are kind of like um, employment reports or like alumni reports, like, um, you know, showcasing how, you know, your your alumni have progressed in the workforce and like what they're doing now and all of the cool stories that they have to share. And like, again, get people excited about university life and get them excited about the opportunities that await um, post-graduation. Um, and, you know, again, all the other things that come with 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 studying, it's not just sitting in class and, you know, in a lecture and, and, and learning, but it's also the friends you make, it's the connections you make, it's the network you build. Um, and it's important to to highlight that, too. And I think that is so true, because I think we often do get focused on the degree only. Um, and, and ironically, when you go to graduate school, you tend to think of it more as professional career, uh, building a network. But when you're an undergrad, it really seems to focus entirely on the degree. And you're you're right. There's there's a much bigger uh, learning curve from it. But if you don't highlight that, then you do kind of lose the focus. Totally. Absolutely. It's so, so, so important. Um, so let's talk about you know, we've talked about obviously being on campus. We've talked about, are you taking a gap year? But let's talk about the other issue, which is lots of schools offering more and more online or hybrid opportunities and how that's changed how we market. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I want to say I wouldn't want to frame it as a problem in the sense that I think it's great that we have that flexibility now. And I think it's great that students do, because that also means with online learning, we've reached so many more people that maybe otherwise wouldn't have been able, you know, to to come to campus um, or to to pursue that degree. Um, so that with that come loads of opportunities. Um, I think, you know, studying online is, is tough, right? Like it's not, we don't want to sugarcoat it, like having that kind of like willpower and, you know, really sitting yourself down and getting stuff done um, on your own kind of like, sometimes, you know, you have your own kind of like at your own pace and you don't have deadlines the way that you do maybe if you were to study study on campus. And that is really, really tough. And so, I think one thing that, again, I think loads of institutions, unfortunately, are neglecting is 
student comms it's like the existing enrolled students and like the com the, the way that you com communicate with them and the conversations that you start with them um, and keeping them close and you know again building that relationship um, with existing students and making them feel like we're here we're with you you're not on your own even though you maybe study online um we are all in this together and like we're here to help you is so so important as well um, and it's not just about getting them in, it's about getting them through. And it's about then to to ensure that they had a great experience because they will be your biggest, you know, they will be your biggest marketing source if you do it the right way. Um, so, yeah, I think communication and, and or ongoing communication when people are in class, no matter if online or on campus, is incredibly important. And I think you're, you're so right, because uh, when you think about, for example, when you stay at a hotel, uh, they don't just check you in and leave you, you know, there, there's a constant yeah. checkpoint. There's constant things they do for you. There's little niceties that they bring to you or give to you. Um, they are following you all the way through the journey. And then once you check out, you immediately get that. How did we do? Here's our, you know, our survey. Um, what would you recommend? You know, what did you enjoy here? Um, yeah. And you're right. We don't do that often once we get them onto the campus or enrolled in whatever format uh, that it is, we move on and we look for more new students. Um, and so, uh, you know, what are, what are some recommendations you have to institutions in terms of looking at uh, measuring what are they doing for their continuous student? Um, I think you brought up a great point with those surveys, right? Like, I think they should constantly be sent out. They should constantly collect data on, like, you know, student satisfaction. I think more institutions are making that effort now, and it's become more and more important. And I think it's also a big selling point now these days um, and something that some schools do use in their marketing. Um, but, yeah, just making sure that you constantly reach out to your current students, um, you ask them about their experience, you make sure you don't just ask, but you actually, you know, you actually execute those requests as well. Um, I think that's another big thing. Um, you know, it's nice to have that data, but if you don't, you know, get stuff done and like make and implement those changes, then what's the point? Um but yeah, it, again, it comes it comes down to relationship building, I think, um, and and ongoing communication, um, and yeah, so surveys are definitely definitely a great way. And um, besides that, I think again, we loads of courses now are online or they're hybrid. Um, but even with online schools, um, we've seen more and more of them try and like organize online events. Um, you know, and that could be kind of like interactive masterclasses, or that could be just you know one-to-one -one chats with with um you know their peers or with faculty um or that could be smaller classes than what you usually have um, and just making them almost like making them feel special and part of this whole thing um it's just so enhancing to the overall student experience and incredibly important well and i hope uh for our listeners that they're also thinking of ways that they can do this with whoever their client base is. I mean, we yeah. all want to feel wanted and needed. Uh, we want to be thanked for our contributions or for our loyalty to a brand. Uh, and across the board, we oftentimes, that's the piece we forget. Absolutely. And like things like, you know, student spotlights or something like that, just, you know, you know, sh showcase them. And like, if you have an amazing, um, if you have amazing current students, maybe the ones that are doing really, really cool things, maybe outside of their studies, um, you know, showcase them and like show, show, show the rest of your students um, and what, what's happening kind of like outside of, outside of the educational side of things. 
And so we've been talking a lot about education up to this point, but let's switch and talk a little bit about the work that you do with EdTech. Um, because you're talking about, uh, you you mentioned boot camps, et cetera. So talk to us about how you work with them and where you're fitting in on that side. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, in the end of the day, it's 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 it is similar even though the product is different um it is similar it's education and it's a big decision to make um so often those kind of like recruitment processes or like you know then that could maybe sales more um are actually yeah are actually quite similar um when it comes to the tech side of things um i would say we are often much heavier involved in kind of like the operational side of things um because Again, it doesn't just come down to student recruitment, but it then comes down to student experience and um, in-app experience um, and learning experience and stuff like that. So making sure that um, learning management systems are working and, and smoothly is working um, and students have a good experience is incredibly important. Um, and then as well, making sure all of your tech stack talks to each other, right? Like if everything you do is online or like in an app, um, making sure that you know exactly what like a student's next move is and and yeah, how you make sure that you kind of like almost also upsell to them, right? Like sometimes if you think of like short courses or like two week, three week, eight week boot camps, they will not just do one maybe, you know, if they feel like that was a great investment and they they loved their experience, then this is a future customer again. Um, and just making sure we connect all of those different data points um, and helping our clients really understand, okay, what is the best, strategically the best next move and how do we segment our pipeline of existing students of alumni or like current app users of all of that um in the best way possible um and then to 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 then also create new offerings and i think that is fantastic because um as our listeners know edtech usually starts as a result of a problem and yeah. we want to find a solution but we get so focused on building the solution whether it's a product or a service we forget about actually going to market uh, yeah. You know, when we get to GTM, we're more in a desperation spot and then we're just throwing things out there. We're just hoping, you know, friends and family will tell people um, we don't really always put a a focused marketing campaign in place. One, because of time and two, because our thought is once we make money, we'll hire an agency. Um, yeah. and, and the trick is, is that if we don't have money to hire an agency, we're really not going to move forward as quickly as we could. So. Talk to us a little bit about the benefits of hiring an agency early on. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, obviously, you know, in our case, we are super niche, right? We are not generalists. Like we are education marketing and market, education sector experts. And I think that is, first of all, one thing that really sets us apart from from our competitors because we really understand the ins and outs of education. We understand things like the sales funnel length, student pain points, market benchmarks and, and all of that stuff. Um, and I think, you know, you can hire great marketers, like don't get me wrong. There's loads and loads out there, but we often find that the issue is, and often also with clients that come to us and say, we, we're not happy with our agency or or even worse, they come to us and they're like, agencies don't work. It's a scam. And you're like, oh, God, the worst <laughs> thing that we have to do in our job is to convince them that that's not the case um, and kind of like re-educate them on how it should be done. And so if you start out or if you're in the in the process of setting up a marketing um, team, 
if you don't find people that come with that education background or with your, you know, or your sector background in general, then that can be a problem because again, you know, they don't come with that expertise and they don't come with those insights that you should ideally have. Um, so yeah, I think as you, you said that before, like getting things done and just getting started and putting things out there is the key thing. And we get so lost in like planning and strategizing and what could we do and how could we do it and we launch it all together. It's going to be perfect. It will most likely not be the case. And that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, you know, it's a trial and error and it's, it's, it is always, no matter if you have an agency or not, but if you have an agency that really knows their stuff and specifically in the sector you work in, you can avoid a lot of those errors and you can really tap into their knowledge and into, into their yeah expertise um and you know we always say our main goal is to get our clients to the point where they feel confident to take back the reins and like do it themselves we are not a forever solution and that's not how it should be because you want to grow you want to grow your marketing team you want to hire experts you want to have that in-house long term probably but we're there to kind of like get you started and you know teach you how it's done so that you can take take big over when the time's right. And I think that is so important for people to realize, because I do think oftentimes they think if they buy into an agency that it, you know, they're chained to them forever. Um, but also the flip side of that is resilience. Uh, we, we hire an agency and we're just shocked after just the first run of a campaign, we didn't have 10,000 people show up on our doorstep. So then we say it doesn't work. Marketing doesn't yeah. work. The agency doesn't work. Um, hiring someone doesn't work. Uh, we really don't understand resilience in the marketplace. Talk to us yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, totally. It, it's honestly, it's one of the biggest things. Um, but also something I think we've learned over the years um, that that is just one of the biggest concerns of of, of the, the clients that we work with. And sometimes if they're smaller tech startups and they are personally, you know, financially invested in this, it's a big, big risk that they're taking. And so for us, it's also important to make sure that we build that connection, we build that relationship and we we we, we basically just make them feel like we've got you, we've got your back and this is what we're going to do. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to transparency. Um, I've, again, you know, worked in-house before um, before Pink Orange, and we had rather disappointing agency experiences um, as well. And I think it came down to we we had, an, we had a campaign idea, you know, we briefed that in, that would go live. But we weren't really involved in the production process or in the creative direction process. And so things would just kind of like launch and then they come back and be like, here's 200 leads. And we're like, okay, cool. We didn't know where they came from. We didn't know what ad they clicked on. We didn't know how many of our blogs they've read, how many emails, you know, they've already received or whatever. So having that transparency when it comes to the data side of things, I think is incredibly important, but also when it comes to the process. Um, when we first, you know, onboard a new client, we always say nothing's going to happen in the first eight weeks in terms of launch, because if we just launch for the sake of launching, you'll run into exactly the same issue that you probably run in before, ran into before, um, and you won't see the results that you're after. So the first, you know, few weeks are really about strategizing. It's about research. It's about, you know, those target persona definitions and creating funnels for each of those target personas that really, really speak to them. And then 
in that process, what we what we always do is make sure that we educate our, our client on what the next steps look like. How long do those platforms need to learn? Um, how much data do they need to collect? How many impressions realistically per ad set do we need to serve until the algorithms understand, OK, I'm no, I now know what I'm supposed to do. Um, and yeah, again, what, what the, those timelines look like. Um, and with that comes... I think a bit of reassurance. Um, we actually, we've just onboarded a new client uh, like two months ago. So the campaigns have just launched and um, those that we've, we've just had the first meeting, talking them through the numbers and through the reports and very much explained these numbers are, this is, this is not of statistical relevance at this point, but we want you to understand what they mean. We also want you to understand the marketing lingo of it, right? What does it mean when we talk about a CTR is low or a CTR is high? What does it mean when we talk about low conversion rate on a lending page and how will we tackle that issue? So again, educating them on all of those issues so that they can do that themselves later on and they can slowly take over um, and giving them the confidence that they know what they're doing, because I think that's another big issue that's like, okay, great. Like now we have those campaigns live and nothing's working. Let's just switch it off like panic mode. Um, and then we're just <laughs> back at where we started. Right. <laughs> yep. No, and and I love hearing that because from personal experience over the years, I can remember sitting in presentations where slides are just flying by and, you know, lingo is just being spit out. <laughs> uh, and, you know, sitting there thinking, I have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, and then looking around the room thinking, and no one else does either. And, you know, at the end of the presentation, someone just going, well, marketing's got it. It looks good. And we walk out yeah. and I'm like, but we don't because we're seeing a gate between what we're doing and what the results are. So obviously it's not working, um, but nobody ever wants to take the time to figure that piece out. So I think educating them is is so incredibly important. Um, but also uh, I love your philosophy of, you know, helping them learn so that you can then turn it back over to them. Um, I think that is a huge fear in education because funding is always so limited and mm. when you want that professional help, it's difficult to justify spending for it. Um, there's also a little bit of ego in there that, you know, you come from this expertise kind of level. And so to hire someone to do something must show we're yeah. not good at something. Uh, and we hate that in education. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, it's really hard to sell to the people that sign off on spending money when you can't explain what it is that you're wanting to do or the benefits of, of coming in. And so I think uh, your company really outlines that so clearly and so distinctly. Uh, one of the things I love on your website is you have an FAQ area and you don't yes. typically see an FAQ area for uh, marketing clients. Usually what it is, it's about flash and here's how great it's going to be and here's you know examples of what we've done for other people you've gone in and answered those tough questions that educators have particularly when they're trying to justify to somebody else why they want to do this um yeah you know <clears throat> excuse me uh so you know for our listeners i encourage you to go to their website it's pink-orange.co.uk and go to their FAQs. Um, we'll also give you the website uh, on your podcast site as well. But I love things like basic question. How quickly will I see a return on my investment? That's yeah. always the first question, you know. Exactly. How, 
you know, we want to know what it is that you're bringing to us. Um, you know, one of the other ones I saw was, um, let's see, it says, uh, are you, how are you different from other performance marketing agencies? And we talked about that. Your niche is key for this. Um, but my favorite one here on the FAQ is paid advertising hasn't worked for us in the past and working with an agency was only a waste of money. Why should I reconsider? I think every conversation should start with that one. <laughs> yes. And frankly, lots of them do. <laughs> but you know what? I think, um, I mean, I'm glad that you, you you feel that way about the FAQs because when we initially discussed adding those, we, that was a time where we've actually rephrased a lot on the website and a lot of our marketing material because what you usually see with, especially in the consultancy space, I guess, is me, 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 me. Like, this is what we yeah. do. This is what we've done. We are so great because of X, Y, Z. Look at those results. Look at this. Look at that. And it's barely about, okay, this is what we bring to the table for you. This is how we help you. And this is what your problem is. And this is how we think you can solve it. So just rephrasing that again and like talking to our clients' pain points instead of just showing on a silver plate, look at all the great shiny things that we have in front of us because they don't care. Like no one really cares about what we do. You know, they don't care about what we do. They care about solving their problems. And so it's about us showing how we can do that um, but also acknowledging their problems um, and making sure that they see, we understand, and this is not our first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I love that. Um, I think the innovation that you bring to the table shows in your website, uh, which says a lot because oftentimes when you get to a website, it's very overwhelming. There's a lot of information, uh, particularly in marketing. There, there's a lot of um, lingo, again, thrown out there. You know, we we can we can create, you know, maximum KPI value for you. And uh, for most of us, we look at that and we're like, yeah, I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, what does that even mean exactly? <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, you're very good about telling us who you are and what you do. Um, also sharing some case studies, which is really, really valuable. Uh, your innovation shows not only in what you do, but in how you go about things. I think you are a breath of new type of marketing agency, which is not about selling down, but about creating a partnership and, and working together to solve something, uh, which I hope, uh, you know, for our listeners, if they're looking for something, this is really an opportunity to work with a different kind of agency. And I think this is something that we're going to continue to see moving forward. Um Anything else that you want to share with us today? First of all, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad that that you can see that, that, that we are trying to take a different approach um, to this. Um, I think, yeah, maybe one thing to mention, you know, I said that before I've worked in house before um, and, and, you know, I have a, with that obviously comes a pretty good understanding of what those, like what marketers or education marketers are struggling with. Plus obviously the experience that we we have um, over the years of, of, of working in the sector now. So we created a, a library of free resources, basically, for anyone who works in the education space. Um, you can also find that on our website when you hover over the, the resource tab on the top. But there's, I think at this point, probably 90 different resources that we've created over the years from marketing checklists um, to, you know, um, infographics on generational marketing differences, target persona analysis, all of the things that 
that sometimes get neglected, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I would I would definitely say um, for anyone who's interested or is working in the space, go check that out. Um, it's been um, received really well. And like, um, I know loads of our clients are using that as well to educate themselves so that they can take back over when they feel ready. That's fantastic. Um, that's another thing, you know, giving free resources and sharing your expertise uh, and your knowledge base is is a rarity in, in the marketing world. Um, yeah. And so I, I really uh, would also encourage our listeners to take a look at that. Uh, you have an offer for anyone that's listening today. And so I wanted to have you share that as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, we very happily offer account audits, um, advertising account audits, website audits, and um, for anyone who might be looking for marketing um, or marketing agency support. Um, so that's definitely something um, we'd be very happy for people to reach out. Um, I think I shared the link with you for people to sign up specifically for um, for, for listeners to this podcast. Um, but yeah, reach out. Let's have a chat. Um, let's discuss, you know, issues of yeah pain points and, and struggles that you have, and see um, what we can do um, to maybe help. Wonderful. Well, Zenia, I want to thank you for being on the show today. So appreciate you being here. Um, to our listeners, I hope that you gained something today and that you get an opportunity to take a look at their website, but also to think about their services and think about how this fits into either your institution or into your startup. Uh, startups, don't wait. Get started early. Uh, voice, voice of experience and of seeing uh, mentoring startups all the time. This is not something you want to wait on or you have the greatest widget that nobody knows about otherwise. <laughs> Very true. So thanks to everyone today for attending EdTech Speaks. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and can make use of it. We look forward to having you join us again. If you need more information on any of our other podcasts, please visit us at www.downingedtech.com. And until next time, keep learning. Thank you for listening to EdTech Speaks with EdTech strategist Cher Downing. To learn more about the services Downing EdTech and its staff can provide you, find us at www.downingedtech.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to share it. We'd also like to hear from you regarding any suggestions for topics or guests and the value you received from our show. Check back for new podcasts with featured guests at www.downingedtech.com backslash podcast. Thank you.